Welcome to the No Spin Dash Zone. I'm joined today by my friends Isaiah and Charlie. Hello, I'm Isaiah. And I'm the other guy. My name oh, is wow. My name is Steven. Nice to meet you. <laughs> it's uh I, I didn't expect we'd be meeting under these circumstances. I thought I thought we'd have like a few minutes to like talk and get to know each other before the podcast started, but Well ooh. sometimes sometimes you just have to hit the ground running. So now for the first episode of our podcast. So we played Sonic the Hedgehog two thousand six today. Alright, well that's just not oh, even God. <laughs> okay, let's get to what this video is actually about. So today we played the two Sonic oriented puzzle games. I don't even really feel comfortable calling either of them Sonic games because one of them is only a Sonic game in the way that Sonic is in it, kind of. Technically. Yeah, and then the other one doesn't actually feature Sonic at all. Not in the title, not in the game, not anywhere. But uh, let's get started with Sonic Eraser, the first game we're covering today. Technically, Sonic Eraser came out, uh, I believe it was directly after Sonic 2 for the Genesis, but we didn't cover it then because the game is, is super weird and I felt like we should just bundle it together with the other puzzle game that we'd be talking about. So uh, we're covering it now instead of then, but that's why it didn't show up in case you were... Uh, oh, it actually came out before Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the Genesis or the Mega that's Drive. in weird. PAL regions. So yeah, Sonic Eraser is like the kind of fourth Sonic game. But yeah, we didn't cover it then just because I felt it would be more relevant here with the other puzzle game and we could cover them kind of simultaneously. So we'll be covering it and Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine uh, this episode. What did you guys think of Sonic Eraser? I didn't like it. I think I'm actually starting to get the hang of it. I didn't like it. <laughs> I think that it does a lot of things like there's this situation with falling block puzzle games, which this game is, where yeah. you you can design one well, like you can make Tetris where everything makes sense and it feels convenient to play and things fit together nicely. Uh, or you can make uh, Puyo Pop where I don't even know if it's actually called Puyo Pop. It's I, just called Puyo Puyo. Yeah, I made up the word pop. But I, always <laughs> call it I mean, there is Puyo Pop on like GameCube and. Game Boy Advance. Yeah, 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 but I called it that before I even heard of those games, I think. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, Puyo. In that game, you can, which, for future reference, Me Bee Machine is just, like, what would you call it? Americanized version? What a, a localization. Localization, that's the word. It's, the, it's a Western localization for uh, Puyo on the Genesis, which is apparently too anime at the time. That's fair. Honestly. We also got uh, Kirby's Avalanche. Is Avalanche the Puyo clone? Yeah, Kirby's Avalanche. Yeah, that's the Super Puyo Puyo. Yeah, so for, for the Super Nintendo, you got Kirby on it, and for the Genesis, you got Dr. Robotnik on it. But uh, they're, they are the same games. There's no difference in the artwork except for the backdrop images and the characters that you're fighting. Uh, the music is also different. But all of the art for the puzzle game itself, including the gu little guy named Hasbeen, that's all in the original game. His name is Hasbeen in the original? No, he's called... Carbuncle. But anyway, that's that's for later. I just want to get that out of the way before I forgot. Sonic Eraser, however, is kind of like Columns. If you took Columns, put it sideways, and then gave it, like, tumors. <laughs> the, the way the game works is that you have these falling block structures, like in most puzzle games, and they each are, like, a different symbol. And when they hit the ground, they've got gravity, unless you're playing a certain mode. But in the two-player versus mode, which is what I spent the most time with, the blocks hit the, the bottom of the screen and they fall. They're, it's 
not like Tetris, it's like Puyo. And then if any two blocks that are touching are the same, they, you know, they clear. They have to be like directly adjacent, not diagonal like columns. Yeah, but like that on its face is super weird because it's hard to set anything up when every time two things touch, they clear. Like you find yourself accidentally clearing things all the time. Yeah, a lot. And like that's the first mechanic that while I think is fun to learn about, I just, I think it's bad. There's also, you can't rotate your pieces, which is a thing in columns, but in columns, every piece is three on top of each other. So it's pretty easy to get used to just rotating them because they always move the same way. But in this game, when you get like an L piece and you hit the like A, B, or C button and stuff is just moving around, it feels really, really weird to see just like the pieces change. They aren't animated to like slowly transition or anything. Yeah, so you have... You have four, like, symbols, and instead of rotating the position of the block, you just rotate where the symbols are in that block? Well, yeah, but you also don't, like, see how they're moving, so it's really hard to tell how many times you're going to need to press a button to get what you want, and it's also kind of difficult to tell if you'll even be able to get what you want, because you'll see, like, an L piece, which is, you know, two, like, three flat, and then one dropping below, and you're like, oh, well, I would like these two pieces vertically, but you can't even tell if you're going to be able to get those pieces until you start mashing the A button, and then by the time you get what you want, chances are it's already fallen past where you would need it to be. And then not only that, but also you can't actually rotate the pieces, so if you've got an L piece and you put it on the wall, your far left piece will just never have access to being on the far right. So there are things that you just literally can't do, like no matter what you want to do, and it's really hard to place certain pieces on the sides of the screen, which is where I mostly like to play these games. Like if I play Tetris, I try and build like a slope like a gentle slope from left to right and if i'm yeah. playing puyo i tend to tower on the left and right because that's where you're safe to tower so it's, it just feels really inconvenient to every other puzzle game i've played not to mention it's just kind of hard to learn in general like i feel like i'm pretty good at adapting to games and i just never got to a place in this game where i felt comfortable playing it or like i would ever choose it over any other puzzle game let alone any other sonic game yeah because even even like when you have sort of figured out stuff, it still doesn't... Like, the the rotation, there's no animation for rotation, so it's hard to figure out the fact that it's rotating. It's hard to feel like you know where the pieces are going to end up. And there's no counterclockwise rotation. Like, you can rotate in one direction, but not in the other direction. Yeah, it was so poorly conveyed that I couldn't even tell if that was an option. <laughs> yeah. And you've got three buttons, it should be an option. In fact, I would say this game would be super fun, well, maybe more fun, if you could press, like, A to rotate left, B to rotate right, and C to actually rotate your piece instead of just moving the pieces that are in it. Because, like I said, you only ever get flat shapes, so towering is really weird. Yeah, I could, I could get down with, like, clockwise, counterclockwise, and, like, actually rotate the piece. But that, that would still make the game, like, really complicated in a way that would maybe not... I don't know. It doesn't make it... Believe it or not, it doesn't make it more complicated. It makes the inputs that you need to do more complicated, but it gives you far more options for actually building your tower, because in Tetris, for example, you can do whatever you want with those pieces, pretty much. Anything that you can think of doing, you can, and you can build the tower exactly the way you want, and because Tetris doesn't have... It doesn't differentiate between, like, what blocks are what blocks. It's just building a flat tower. It's, it's super convenient to learn how to play that game and to even develop your own playing style. Like, if you want to play for time, you can, or if you want to play for score, you can. And if you play competitively, there are a couple different ways that you can do that. Like, you can go for Tetris, or you can go for combos and stuff like that. But... Mm -hmm. 
this game doesn't really let you do that because it kind of restricts you in a lot of ways on what you're able to do with the pieces that you see. Like, even if you see a red piece, you won't necessarily be able to get it where you need it. And you also, because of the fact that whenever two pieces touch, they clear, your tower is going to be changing a lot by accident. Like, you're going to be getting small clears that kind of ruin whatever chain you were setting up for. But not only that, but, like, also the fact that all your pieces always have to be flat, it makes it so that you kind of, like, build a general tower, at, like, towards the top instead of setting up, like, a little U-shape that you can use to kind of avoid getting stuck on the top. So it... It would feel to me a lot more convenient to learn how to play the game if it gave you as many options as possible as opposed to kind of taking as many away as possible. So even though the game is simpler, learning how to play it is much more complicated. Yeah, and I, I, I do really feel like it would benefit from some sort of like situation where you can see the pieces rotate at the very least that would help like orient the player for the first few seconds. Because that, that's what really like is a killer is that that takes a while to figure out, oh yeah, well I'm rotating pieces and now I know where they're going to end up. For a while when you first start playing the game, you're just mashing the buttons until you can figure that out. You're like, alright, well I need to get this piece in this location, so I'm just going to hit the button until it's there. Yeah, and even when I got to a spot where I could consistently not make chains, but see where they would happen. Like, I was never setting anything up in this game. I was always, like, just putting <laughs> shit on the ground, and then, like, when I saw a chain opportunity, I was like, oh, okay, well I know how to clear this, and I could always get two or three consistently. But even when I got those chains, frequently it felt like it was by accident, so it's not even rewarding the way that a game like Puyo or Tetris is, uh, yeah. or even Columns. Like I like, I don't play Columns as much because it's kind of like a Genesis-only thing, if I'm understanding correctly. Is that right, Charlie? Uh, as far as I'm aware, I want me to look that up. Yeah, because I know you played it a little bit more than I did when you were younger. But uh, mm. Columns I like because the game is simple like you described, but the way that it works is kind of conducive to how you can play it, because you only ever get three pieces at once, which is a very manageable number, even if you can't arrange them exactly the way you want. Generally, you can get two of the pieces to be where you'd want them for a combo or a chain. And once you've done that, the game is designed so that you can tower easily, because the pieces are always aligned flat instead of, or I mean, always aligned like vertically instead of flat, so you can tower to the left and tower to the right, and then kind of build up your board. And not only that, but the way that things get cleared just makes sense because you kind of naturally want to make lines with things. Whereas yeah. in this game, it's just any two things that are adjacent pop. So it's really, really hard to learn how to keep them from popping when you don't want them to. And then how to make them pop in an order that's good for you. Yeah. So even Columns, a game that does have that simplicity that you're talking about, is designed in such a way that that simplicity doesn't create, like, accidental or incidental, like, complexity where there doesn't need to be any. So apparently Columns is, is, is really just basically a, a Genesis thing. Like, it's only been re-released on Sega Genesis consoles or maybe some other Sega but it's mostly just a ported game and apparently there was a, a spin-off that was a crossover with Soccer War so that's kind of interesting yeah I remember hearing about that at some point but yeah I think Columns is a good example of how this game could like basically just look better so here's something I find funny that I just kind of want to bring to people's attention. So I was Googling uh, the release date of games to use for reference. Puyo Puyo came out in October 25th, 1991. So I looked up Sonic Erasers release date and it just said 1991. Like, I don't know, don't know the month, don't know the day, just just that year somewhere in there. Yeah, it might not have even come out then, but that's when people found it in the dumpster. Yeah, that's, it just appeared at one point and people were like, oh, okay, well this, uh is a thing that exists yeah i so i i'm trying to compare them because i i kind of feel like 
I mean, obviously Tetris was 80-something. Tetris release date was uh, 84, so it was, like, over half a decade previously. I could have just said over five years earlier. Half a dozen earlier. <laughs> yeah, half a... <laughs> really, it was, it was really almost over half a dozen earlier. Approximately 6.66 repeating years later. <laughs> it was two pi years, give or take... A slice? <laughs> give or take a slice. <laughs> So, I mean, Tetris came out and people were like, oh, well, this is a good, this is how good video games are. And then that whole genre, I feel like there was a lot of people trying to come up with another puzzle game and not knowing how to design puzzle games. Yeah, except Puyo came out and it was great. Well, so. Puyo came out and it was great, but it came out theoretically after Sonic Eraser, or at the very least, uh, those two were developed concurrently. So there was no way that Sonic Eraser could have learned from Puyo, right? So Puyo... No, but I just mean that, like, I don't think we should try and take credit away. Like, Tetris wasn't this weird freak phenomenon. Like, people... Oh, no, 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 no. People saw physics engines and they were like, we can do cool things with this. And Sonic Eraser was not one of those people. Yeah, but, like, you know, Puyo, you, Steven, you are a huge fan of Puyo. I, I think it's it's fair to say that. Yeah, I think it's pretty reasonable. Yeah, and I think f it that game for you sort of defined how you feel a puzzle game should operate. And that's not to say that anything that doesn't work the way that game works is bad for you, but Sonic Eraser was not built with those tenets in mind, I think. You know, you, you said that you spent most of your time playing the multiplayer of this game, and we'll talk about why that multiplayer is not good. Oh yeah, it's a Dirty Dirty Garbo for a different reason than the whole game being dirty. But. Yeah. Oh, also Puyo Puyo came out, the original one came out in 91, just so we are all clear all right. on that. So uh, it came out before Sonic Eraser. <laughs> 1991? Well, Sonic Eraser was also 1991. Oh, I thought it was 92. No. Oh no, it's the tail end of 91, I think. Okay. I know I know we couldn't actually find when it came out, but from what I can tell, <laughs> like that shouldn't have come out before like the first Sonic game. So I'm thinking it's later at 91. Yeah, probably was not literally before Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Genesis. But I know Puyo was October of 91. So theoretically they came out around the same time. Sonic Eraser feels to me like it was designed for more of a like Dr. Mario like experience like you're referring to a system where the the single player is kind of thought of more of moreover than the multiplayer yeah yeah because it it does have multiple single player modes whereas puyo or dr botnik's mean bean machine as we'll discuss only has one single player mode outside of a practice mode yeah. and that single player mode is still just multiplayer but against an AI. I think that's actually a really, really valid point that you make, because I tend to never play the single player in a puzzle game. I <laughs> yeah. treat them a lot like fighting games. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, how did you feel about... You You prefer single player a little more, or at the very least you enjoy it, right? I mean, I didn't really try out the single player that much, because puzzle games are meant for multiplayer, but I doubt it had any engaging... Because it's already a pain of a game to play. Yeah, it... <laughs> Yeah. Such a pain to learn. Does this mean that I, of the three of us, am the most qualified person to talk about this puzzle game? Because that's never happened before. I wouldn't say qualified, I would say the most experienced with this game. Yeah. 
I, I would say that I'm generally at least a little bit more qualified to talk about puzzle games than you because I play, like, any of them whenever I get a chance, even the weird ones. Yeah, you are, you are in general, a lot more qualified to talk about puzzle games than I am. But, so, this game, I think, you know, it's designed, I think, a lot more for single player, even though the way it sets itself up. To enter the single player mode, you have to go to the menu and hit where it says one player and two player. Like, there's, the menu is 1P and 2P, or 1P versus 2P, or 1P versus computer. And 1P and 2P is the single player mode, where the second player can also play the single player mode at the same time. Can we also briefly talk about how this game opens with a, like, book? A red, just, a red book. <laughs> yeah. Not very well animated, sliding onto the screen, and then the text, Sonic Eraser, in like an old English font, <laughs> sliding the other way onto the book and this then game... just a picture of Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> like ripped from the original Genesis game just sitting on the book and then the book opens to a menu with three choices not so, even so... press start to play or anything just 1p and 2p 1p just... or 2p 1p and why would you ever play against the computer so I just want to back up for a second and say on the ROM that I have Sonic's face does not appear on the book on the title screen, so it's just Oops. the fancy font Sonic Eraser on a flat red book with at the bottom of the book Sega 1991. And Actually, that's... I think that that's just the way it works. I think I made up Sonic being on the book from when Sonic you, like, is when not there. Yeah, what I will the say though, what I will say though is uh, before you can get to the main menu, you have the book opens up and it's actual instructions on how to play the game that you can flip through. Oh, that's neat. I never did that because I just wanted to play the game, but that's a, that's a kind of neat way to do a tutorial. Yeah. Now the instructions are in Japanese because this is a Japanese game. So Oh yeah, this game is ja uh, Japan only. I think this might be our first actual Japan only game. This wasn't Sega Sonic or did that get No, that came to America. It did not get translated to America. It was okay. the same it was the same game, but it was sent to America and the cabinet had localized art, I believe. Okay. Alright, alright. Uh but yeah, I am not a huge fan of welcome to our game, here's a brief explanation of how to play it. Right. I mean when like, you make a game this lumpy, at least they tried. Also, all of the like one P versus two P and stuff like that, that's in English, but the explanation as to how to play is in Japanese. Yeah, also the words Sonic Eraser are not only in English old English. <laughs> yeah. What's what's amazing to me is that this game has absolutely no sense of theming. Yeah, there's no flavor at all. This is like this is like a like a like a cracker. This video game is like a cracker. There's just like salt and flour. <laughs> So, like, you think, right, with the title Sonic Eraser, and the title screen is like, here's a book, it's like, oh yeah, it's gonna have, like, erasers in it, or, like, pencils, or something about pages. The rest of the game is completely unrelated to all of that. It's it's just, like, a bunch of, like, metal-looking squares in the background of your gameplay, and all of your symbols are just random shapes with random colors. And also, in the competitive mode, the characters in the center to show you who is who is just two Sonics that are not facing each other. And uh, they are also identical. Yeah, they are com they're exactly the same. And here's the part where, now that we've kind of segued into the competitive mode, the only difference about the competitive mode from just playing on your own, uh, in most games you have garbage, or you'll have different effects that you can cause, like, like 
reverse controls, things like that. Uh, in the weirder ones. I think most games just give you garbage. This game... No, not with this one. In this yeah. game, if you get a combo that is a certain length, I, I don't... It's very, very, very unclear how it has to work because you don't see a score in this game. It doesn't even tell you how many chains you got. It doesn't seem to be based on how many blocks you broke at once, but basically if you just do kind of good, one of your Sonics will occasionally run over and just punch the other in the chest, which on its face is already obscene because Sonic can never punch anything at a time. So we they had yeah. to make new animation for Sonic punching himself in the chest. And it looks terrible. It looks really bad. And also, it's always Sonic. He's always punching Sonic in the chest. Why would Sonic punch another Sonic in the chest? Yeah, he runs over, punches him in the chest, and then... For, the, for a certain amount of time, what you do controls both players, which is, is cool theoretically, but on top of like how confusing the game is, it becomes obscenely difficult to manage both, because keep in mind that every time any two pieces touch and they're the same color, it clears it. So you just accident you actually just end up clearing your opponent's stuff by accident, and just like making it worse for yourself when their Sonic gets enough chains because of what you did to run over and punch you in the chest. Yeah. Also. One one thing that's worth mentioning is that if you clear enough blocks or whatever is the thing that you need to do in order to do this, but do it even better than normal, instead of running up and punching him, you run up and spin dash him, and then your super thing, like, lasts longer. Like, you get, like, two extra blocks worth of the thing happening where you can mess up your opponent, except you might actually help him. Is it based on blocks, like the amount of things that you place, or is it based on time? Because I couldn't tell. I mean, it could be based on time. Something that I want to say while I have it, like, in my memory, because it just happened to me in, in this game, because I'm currently playing it, is... When a game is over, there's the world's least graceful transition back to the title screen I've ever seen, where the like the board with all of the pieces moves slowly to the right while the background moves slowly down and like the book pans back to the center of the screen. Yeah, you know the book? Yeah, do you remember the iconic book, the iconic Sonic Eraser book? It was lost for centuries. <laughs> yes. Let's keep it lost. Let's put it back in the friggin' Indiana Jones tomb we found this in. Is that a transition I hear? Well, briefly, I wanted to mention one more thing. You can also get an invincible spin dash. Not supersonic. An invincible spin dash if you do real dang good. Oh, I've never done that before. I wanted to hear, it. Charlie, if you had any more things to say about this game, let me know. Sorry, what? Charlie, if you had any All more right. things to say That's about this no. game, let me no, know. No, no. I okay. have one more thing to say about this game, which is the one song in it, unless there's another song during the competitive mode that I haven't heard because... As far as I can tell, there is one song. Yeah. The one song in the game is really weird. Like, tonally, I have no idea what it's doing. I was playing it uh, out loud while my girlfriend was watching, and she was like, please, please stop. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really weird. I don't know who wrote it, and I don't know why they wrote it. Does, isn't it like a 10-second loop? or something too? No, it's it's a bit longer than that. I remember it booping very, very, very poorly. I would never go so far as to say that this song is bad, because I would never say that about a song, but I will say that it does not have a place in this game. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm going to listen to it briefly. Yeah, I think I will too. Do, hey, do we want to all take a little break to listen to the song briefly? There was music? There are, there are two <laughs> songs. <laughs> Oh. I like forgot, it was like, I remember there being it, but like, I don't care. 
Yeah, there actually are two songs, one for single player and one for multiplayer. Oh, I like I said, I didn't even play the multiplayer, the single player very much, and when I did play it, I think it was muted because I couldn't stand the music. I just want to say real quick, listening to it now, I said earlier, it's not my place to say if a song is bad. This multiplayer song is bad. Yeah, I was telling you it was bad. I guess it was because I listened to the multiplayer one and you listened to the single player one. The single player one is better, but still makes no sense. I'm looking at the book right now, and I just can't even... Who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> looking at the book right now. Yeah, looking at the book, the good old book. Uh, yeah, I'll do the... Okay, I remember it now. Yeah, it's it's uh, interesting. I mean, it certainly sounds like Genesis music, but... No, it guess. sounds like it sounds like old bad Genesis music before we got like the Echo the Dolphin soundtrack and the Vector Man soundtrack. I don't actually know if these games came before this one, but those games have great music. So whoever's editing this episode, I'm sure you will have already played the song a little bit. Oh, I okay. I always edit the music, even if Charlie edits the episode. Uh, a little behind the scenes, Charlie and I edit the audio. Charlie does even episodes. I do odd episodes, but I always add in the background music because it's pretty easy for me, and I I just do it before I run into the, the uh, audio. But I will not be playing either song for this game. Also, I'm letting the game play itself, like just literally letting blocks fall, and things are getting cleared as much as they ever were when I was actually playing it. Yeah, absolutely. That's. That's the true tragedy of this game. I can't fathom who designed it this way. I just got a 3-chan. Haven't touched a button yet. <laughs> oh, jeez. But that does, it's weird because it doesn't make the game easier. It's just more, like, uh, infathomable. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay. Charlie, I do think that we're finally done with the game. Here's your All transition. Right. Yay, we get to talk about Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. The greatest Sonic game ever made. Yes. Pretty good. It's got great music, and probably original. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we were talking about how, uh, like, the music is is not entirely original, but, like, so there's a lot of songs that uh, are also in Kirby's Avalanche, but they've been, like, re rearranged. Okay, I, I want to be like, clear. The songs that are in both games are likely from, like, Puyo itself. Yeah, I would bet that's also true. Uh, I don't think I they have if... any similar tracks. I feel like the sound design is like almost completely different. I mean, obviously because they're on different consoles, but like... Yeah, no, they don't sound the same at all. They just have similar like melodies. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I looked up Puyo Puyo OST, uh, and the very first song that played is, is literally the versus theme in uh, Mean Bean Machine. Um, it's actually a lot more similar to the Mean Bean Machine version than to the Kirby's Avalanche version. Um, so I guess I guess there's a whole we could do a whole video essay on the soundtracks of these three games. Um, you said it was similar; they were the same ones. Yeah. So uh, according to this soundtrack, the song "Final of Puyo Puyo" is uh, almost exactly the same as the song that plays in the versus mode in Mean Bean Machine. Yeah, the thing is with Kirby's Avalanche is that it uses a lot of remixes of, like, Kirby's adventure music. Mm. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. it's, it's Kirbified, for sure. Yeah. Of course. And, like, this doesn't really have anything to go off of, because what's unique about this game, if I may go into it, is that it's, like, based off of the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog TV show, and every, like, character you face off is like based off some random background character <laughs> except for like the main ones like Robotnik, Grounder, Scratch and that uh the monkey dude, that right? purple the one that got yeah. the demoted to scrub monkey third class. 
I thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say the one that got away, like really dramatically. <laughs> and then you didn't and I got sad. I feel like Dragon Breath was like somewhat well featured in uh an episode. But they all they all have like funny names. I like the first one is literally just called Arms and he swings his arms around. There's yeah. Franklin, he kinda looks like a Frankenstein's monster. There's Sir F Fuzzy Logic. Gotta get that stutter in there because it's something I didn't appreciate as a kid. That, that's the best way for me to put it. Yeah. I like the game's, uh, like, enemies. I think they're kind of fun to look at. And they all do unique faces for when they're winning or losing, and just in, mm -hmm. in general. Uh, oh, yeah. Is Scratch the chicken? Scratch is a chicken, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay. Scratch's faces that he makes when he's winning and or losing are fantastic. One of the robots, like, explodes when you... Him. Yeah. Yes, there's a lot he, of he, I feel like he's supposed to be a dynamite stick, but he looks more like a bike pump. <laughs> it's, it, is, is it, it is worth mentioning that uh, a lot of the art for the game is just, like, from Puyo Puyo, but there is a lot of original art, and it's all, like, real good. Yeah, it's well drawn. Like, the very... The title screen, right, like, has Robotnik's face in, like, dim lighting appear, and then... The word machine, which is made out of metal, like, uh, appears, like, letter by letter, and then the E in machine spits out the, like, words mean bean. Um, oh, yeah, and you can do that thing where you can make the letters jump when you press different buttons, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so the whole, the whole thing is, like, animated. Like, it's got an animated intro. And then if you let that sit, then there will be, like, a cutscene where Dr. Robotnik is jumping up and down and finger-pointing at Scratch and Grounder, uh, like, giving you the plot, the plot of this game, because this game has a plot, and I can't believe it. Yeah, also, uh, you are the protagonist of this game. I think we mentioned that Sonic isn't anywhere in this game. You, you aren't Sonic, you're not even first-person Sonic, you're you, and you have to save the day. Yeah. I thought we were, uh, has been. Has been? No, I don't. Yeah. I think that has been is just a lovely friend that doesn't show up in the first player or in the in the single player mode. He's there to cheer you on. Yeah. I just I just want to say real quick the very first line in the first cutscene in this game is Doctor Robotnik saying, uh, "Like witness my latest plan to rid like Mobius of fun and enjoyment." <laughs> it's so cartoony. It's great. It's amazing. Also, uh, apparently the game is called Dr. Eggman's Mean Bean Machine in the Sonic Mega Collection. Which really? I always, is it? Yeah, I always forget. Somehow I, I also completely missed that. Real. Like, when I first saw Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, like, on the like on the back of Sonic Mega Collection, I thought he was, like, this was, like, an origin story or something with Gerald Robotnik, because I didn't know Eggman was called Robotnik back then. Oh, yeah. All I, like, played was Sonic Adventure 2. We'll dispose of those fun-loving beans of Jollyville. Yeah, and they he roboticizes them in the background. And, like, those are, like, the garbage blocks in this game, I think. Yeah. Like, there's so much plot put into it. It, it puts a lot more effort into it than, like, yeah, yeah. Avalanche, where it's just like, oh, this is just this pre-established competition we have. No, we're, like, saving the beans by killing the beans. I, I don't know. But it's, like, really <laughs> cool. I mean, and plus, like, when you lose in this game, and, like, in any Puyo, like, the little Puyos have, like, little angel halos and wings, so it's like you killed them because you didn't do good enough. So it's like, yeah. oh, there's so much lore yeah. into this weird localization. 
there's also like writing in this game. This game has like dialogue whenever you're introduced to a yeah. bad guy. They're like, let me tell you something that is a pun that relates to my name and the thing that I do. Um, yeah, that's that's what writing is, right? Uh, Close enough. You know, and obviously this was before game developers valued uh, writers as like somebody to employ. Yeah, as someone who wasn't um, just also the programmer. Yeah, so it's not good like at all but it really works yeah <laughs> like, well because like we said this is kind of based on the saturday morning cartoon uh and it feels like the writing is too yeah yeah absolutely also there is parallax scrolling in this game it's a very minor touch that absolutely did not need to be included uh but when the main game is like panning when you're panning into the main game the background has a very slight parallax scroll to it uh and that's such a thing that never has to happen because you don't you don't transition from a different mode to the main game very often if you're playing the game you're probably playing it for a while yeah uh but they just freaking decided to put that in <laughs> i i had nothing to add after that i just it's just ridiculous so like, when I first played this game, I didn't get it, and I didn't really like it. I never really got to appreciate it until I played Kirby's Avalanche, which I didn't even know was a Puyo clone. I was like, I want to get one of these Kirby spin-off games, and I could have got Dream Course, but I got Avalanche, and I think that was for the best. Dude, Tilt and, and Tumble is great, too. I've just... <laughs> I've just fallen in love with Puyo Puyo after that, because it was a great game to play with my friends, and, you know, last year I got Puyo Puyo Tetris, which is also a great game, combining two great puzzle games, and... I guess we got a hand to this game for introducing us and it being available on Mega Collection to play. And I actually, I got so addicted to it that I got the Game Gear version on my 3DS. Which, <laughs> also, oh to be fair, I want to say, even though it doesn't really have cutscenes, it's just as good as the Genesis version, so you're not like, you're not going through that much of a downgrade. Yeah, it's just a little bit of a graphical drop, right, more or less? Yeah. 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 It looks pretty good. Uh... Yeah, I once, um, I mean, obviously, Isaiah and I played this game a whole ton, and we kind of, like, got Charlie playing it, too. Uh, I think, Isaiah, you specifically went over and, like, convinced him to yeah. join the Mean Bean Machine. I remember at one point, like, I, I had that happen. I think, uh, Charlie and I played Kirby's Avalanche, and when I told you about it later, you, like, felt betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is amazing. It, it just sort of became a thing that Steven and I would hang out and we would play Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine and we would just, like, talk about life as we played the game. Yeah. Oh, if, God, it's so great. If we ever end up streaming uh, any form of Puyo, I'd imagine that stories will occur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's such a great game for, like... You know, it's it's one of those games where your brain gets used to what you're doing, and so you can start doing it in the background, uh, and so you can just like talk to each other while you're playing the game. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember there was one time when I was uh, hanging out with a friend of mine, and I was trying to convince him that uh, Puyo, or in this case, Me Bee Machine, was better than Dr. Mario, and uh, we ended up playing uh, 100 rounds of <laughs> Me Bee Machine, and we each oh my God. we each had 50 wins and then uh my ride showed up so we had time for one more round and he beat me <laughs> 51 to 50 jesus that's so good it was very intense the saddest story i've ever heard 
But, uh, yeah, I think I don't think we're going to be talking as much about the mechanics of this game. I think it's pretty well documented, but it's super fun. Learning how to do a combo in Puyo is, is really awesome. There's tons of different interesting structures you can use to kind of build basic combos, and then you kind of just learn about uh, placing three blocks together, and you can make incidental combos that are really fun. You can There are ways to like make a combo transition from a tower on the left to a tower on the right. There's tons of cool stuff you can do. thing is with... Uh, I do, I do want to say, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I do want to say that uh, one of the opening cinematics of the game is a thing that literally teaches you how to play and teaches you how to chain. And it doesn't just teach you how to chain, it also shows you examples of different kinds of chains that you can set up, including a chain that involves breaking, uh, what are they called, garbage or trash? Yeah, yeah, a, uh, a garbage chain. It'll call garbage, them, like, mean yeah. beans or something. <laughs> the, like, or the... bad beans, like, there's literally, there's like terminology, localized terminology. Demon of course beans. there is. It, it, this game's lore. Uh, but so it shows you basically a whole bunch of different types of ways that you can set up chains. Uh, and I think that's super cool, uh, that it doesn't just teach you how to play, it also teaches you, hey, this is more or less what the, what the meat of the game is about in terms of, like, doing really well, and you have to familiarize yourself with that, and so we're gonna help you out. Because yeah, when, yeah. I, when I first played this game as a kid, I was like, oh yeah, you just match the beans and then try not to die, and then yeah. I died a lot. Um, and I think my problem was, uh, I never watched that cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> Well, also, I think it just, like, you can see that cutscene as much as you want, but until you're playing with an opponent and you learn why chains are good, they don't seem rewarding on their face. Oh, Especially yeah. as a kid when you don't care about score. Like, I play puzzle games. If I play a puzzle game alone, I'm playing for score. Uh, and that's why, that's another reason why Sonic Eraser just, I can't fathom it. There's no score, at least not in the two-player mode. Well, there is in the single-player mode. Well, yeah, but... but even then, is your score, like, a number, or is it just how far you can get? Uh... Depends on your mode, but it's it's not. See, the problem is it's not clear. Yeah, no, it's super weird. But I mean, I think I think at one point I was playing a mode where there was a score, but the score, I don't know. At that point, I was so tired of the game. But uh, I think that it's nice to have a score in your single player mode where you can like clearly and concisely see what's going on, and it tells you like, oh, when you get more score for this, that's like the way you should be playing it. Like when people haven't yeah. played Tetris before and they don't understand that getting like a Tetris is a good thing. First of all, newer games have like a splash on the screen that says like, oh, you got a Tetris and if you get two in a row, it tells you like, oh, back to back Tetris. So it becomes very clear that that's a good thing to do. And then you also see your score go up a ton. So the game, that's the way the game kind of encourages you. Uh, and I think Puyo does a good job of that because you hear like different sounds for each chain in a chain kind of. So like if you get a one chain, you'll hear one sound. And then if you get a two chain, you'll hear one sound. And then after that, a different sound. And the sounds like increase in pitch and intensity. And then what is it? What does it say when you get a four chain or higher? What is, like it's, it's, it's a, got like a voice clip. It's right? a yeehaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or isn't the yeehaw for the enemies? No, you you can get like in in two player you can get yeehaws. Yeah. Because like there's a different sound effect for like both you and your opponent in like single player mode, and I think it's like yeehaw in uh for the enemy, but. I, I don't know. It's so iconic, though. Like, yeah, the yeehaw. Well, not even, not even yeehaw. Not even Kirby's Avalanche has that much energy. Yeah, you can get. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's. I think you get the yeehaw if you get like a red bean or something, or not a red bean, but like red mm -hmm. garbage. Because basically, the garbage piles up at the top of the screen uh, of your opponent's screen. So you'll see these clear beans, and if you get ten of them, uh, they make a bigger one. And then if you get ten of those, they make a red one. And if you see the red one, you probably lost. Yeah. Or. Uh... <laughs> 
as we have taken to saying, uh, Red Boys, Dead Boys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you can get in this game, but like, at least in Puyo Puyo Tetris, it turns into a star after you get like a lot of reds. Yeah, if you get five or ten red ones, they turn into a star. I think it does that in this game too, but you'll only ever like see that under intense conditions. And if you see that, it's very, very likely that you've <laughs> yeah, lost. God help you. <laughs> if you if you see that, there's literally no coming back. Like you you can do your best, but it's probably too late. If you have a response chain, uh, you can like work it down, but you'd have to have a very good one to deal with the star. So is is like can you work down uh, the garbage before it arrives in this game, or is that just in later versions of Puyo? Uh, to be That's in later games. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I... Yeah, yeah, if you get garbage, you're just stuck with it. Yeah, I yeah. think you'd keep I'm it pretty sure that's a later game thing. But yeah, later games, uh, you can respond by sending stuff back and forth, and uh, garbage will actually cancel itself out instead of just sending it to each side. But um, you, also, if you get that much garbage in this game, I believe it sends it to you in waves. I don't think you get the whole start at once, because it would be pointless then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it sends it to you, like, it gives you a bunch of uh, garbage, and then you make one move, and then it gives you more garbage. Yeah, which is um, why towering which is isn't, kind of important. Yeah. It isn't that comforting, uh, because, like, you know, you get through one wave and you're like, oh, great, there's still more garbage piled up that I, like, it's not even over yet, and then you get another wave. Yeah, it's kind of just expensive. <laughs> yeah. So, I want to say another thing about the Game Gear version. Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. So, there's a puzzle mode, and I'm pretty sure this isn't in the Genesis version, because this is like a, this is like a port of, like, the... This is a localization of the Game Gear Puyo Puyo. Yeah, which is actually a different Puyo. game. Yeah, but they have this... But, like, when you go to puzzle mode, it, like, turns to this notebook that says uh, the Mean Bean Machine Manual, and then, like, in scribbled out text... Well, not, it's like, scribbled. It's, like, really poorly written. It says, for robots only. <laughs> and it's just... It adds to that, that, that motif I like about this game. And then the less... It's, like... It's just like a, it is a puzzle mode where you like have to clear, this says eliminate all red beans, you gotta do that. Yeah. But. If, if, uh, Sonic Eraser is a, like, just a real boring saltine, this game is like garlic bread with marinara sauce. Yeah. I, I will say the theming of this game is not entirely consistent because a lot of the assets they reuse have nothing to do with the mean bean, uh, theme. Uh, that was not on purpose and I apologize. Um. Like, like the title screen, right, has like a bunch of vines around a sign uh, that's floating in the air, which really has nothing to do with the Mean Bean Machine situation. Yeah, the stone background is also a little weird, because it's supposed to be for like a dungeon, I think, in the original game. Yeah, and, and that really doesn't make sense, but there's enough going on. Like, the problem with Sonic Eraser was that there was nothing happening except for the pieces that all didn't make sense together. But you know, if you go into if you go into versus mode, right, the first thing that shows up is uh, you got to select your difficulty, and the icons that represent the difficulty are five uh, robotic robots of increasing uh, menacingness. Man, Men menacity. It's such a, it's such a good tone in this game. It's so fun to just look at. Yeah, it's it's really like throughout this podcast, I've just been watching the title screen like play itself which it definitely takes too long to do by the way this is like the title screen even when i was a kid i was like just get to the point just show me that like 
words of this title. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they were like, you know what, let's let's just animate this title screen because our animators like have nothing else to do. <laughs> like I'm I'm just into it. Yeah. Also, like the versus music in this game is super intense. Oh, it's real good. It's it's all really good. The whole the whole game has this really cool like industrial vibe to the music, which you kind of just get on the Genesis in general. But this game, I think, takes oh, pretty yeah. full advantage of that. Uh, and I think it really yeah. helps the idea that this is a like an Eggman or Robotnik specific game. Mm-hmm. For sure. It feels like you're playing in a factory kind of the whole time, even though the background is stone for some reason. It looks like it's underground, like just because of how it transitions from the cutscenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, this game is great. It's, it's a really good game. I, I don't think there was. <laughs> there, we didn't really need to discuss this to all agree that we already like the game. We play this game so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> how, how are we feeling? We we certainly have a bias, I would say, for this game. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like another group of another group of uh, Sonic podcast people. Uh, might play this game and be like, I didn't. It doesn't really make sense as a Sonic game. I didn't really get it. Uh, but this, I mean, this game is an extremely well-designed uh, puzzle game, which yeah. is not Sonic. It Sonic inherited this. <laughs> yeah, uh, it got grandfathered in. But we wanted to talk about it anyway because it's really like we really enjoy it. Yeah, and I do think it kind of highlights this situation with uh, like the Western developed Sonic stuff. That, like the Saturday morning cartoon that we're like really trying to kind of trying to push because Spinball yeah, I think yeah, also like Spinball. yeah Spinball has some of the like Sonic cartoon stuff but I think is an interesting aspect of this franchise where like the games that have to do with the uh, like weird side properties are actually like playable in the Sonic franchise whereas like you know the like the Zelda CDI games or something like that it, it's not oh, quite yeah. the same thing but those games are meant to like kind of look like cartoons and they're garbage. And then you've also got stuff like the Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Well, it's, it's interesting because it seems to me like Sega never really respected the Sonic brand as much as Nintendo would well, respect I, all of their brands. I wouldn't say respect, but they don't treat it with the same... They don't treat it as, like, holy ground. Yeah, they don't they don't try to protect it at all costs like Nintendo does. Um, Sonic's a free spirit. He needs to be able to get inside of a book and... That's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, are we talking about Sonic Eraser or Sonic and the Secret Rings? I'm confused. Dun, dun, sh- Sonic, right, Sonic is a free spirit. In... He needs to be able to go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's the that's the real problem with Sonic is that there aren't enough games where he runs around through Saudi Arabia. So anyway, um <laughs> I think like with Sonic Sonic Spinball and this Sonic themed Puyo game and whatever the heck Sonic Eraser was and eventually Sonic Labyrinth I'm sure we're gonna play. Yeah. Um Yeah we'll get there. There's a lot of like what if we just put Sonic in this game that usually already exists. In Sonic Spinball case it was what if it was pinball, which actually works extremely well. Yeah, it's perfect. Um yeah. But so, you know, sometimes it's a payoff and sometimes it's not. Uh but it's really interesting to look at what Sega will just allow. Sega like is like, yeah, well Sonic is our seller and we don't really worry about diluting him as much as we worry about making sure that he's on stuff so that stuff sells. Uh and then that stuff 
can be good anyway, which is which is very interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really cool the way that like Sonic kind of touches things. But if Sega's got a hold of it, at least in this era, they still try to make it like really good. They try to put a lot of Sonic into it, and they try to get a lot of like whatever is good about that. Like they try to pull that together. So like in Sonic Spinball, yeah. you get the fun of playing like a Sonic game where you still have the kind of control and it's all about speed, but you also get the cool aspects of pinball in there as well. So, we are not going to play Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, correct? We, we are. Sonic is in that. <laughs> Alright, well, I'm sad now, but, um... Don't worry, we don't have to do that until, like, the third chunk of this podcast. Oh, uh, jeez. Uh, yeah, um... I, I, I freaking lost what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to compare that to this as, like, these two sort of, like, not quite a Sonic game, but, like, an offshoot that Sonic was put in because it made more sense business-wise. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and I know that those games are competently made, whether or not they're actually good, um... But it'll it'll be interesting to look at uh, sort of a comparison of then and now. Yeah. Well, and I don't think that we really get this anymore, where you have kind of like a game that came out in Japan that was too like Japan, so we brought it to America, but we had to like slap something else over it. Because you also got that with uh, Panel Day Pond came to America as Tetris Attack, and then later another version of Panel Day Pond came to America as Pokemon Puzzle League. Yeah. It, I remember both of those games, actually. Yeah, another fantastic game series that we just kind of got in a weird way. And I, I can't yeah. tell which I like better. Honestly, I think that, like, Mean Bean Machine, being Sonic-related, like, helped put it on my map before I, like, loved puzzle games. Because it, it wasn't until, like, high school that I started to kind of trying to learn how to play puzzle games. Uh, flying flying block puzzle games, I should elaborate. I, I don't really care that much for Professor Lee. See, what's, what's really interesting is that, uh, uh, speaking as a game designer, uh... <laughs> Whenever I had to put on that voice because I didn't mean it ironically, but I had to pretend that I did to save face. So uh, speaking as a game designer, uh, whenever I hear the word puzzle and whenever I use the word puzzle to describe uh, a game or gameplay elements, it's always the like I wouldn't I wouldn't quite say Professor Layton style, but like maybe it'd be closer to say the Portal style. Like the word I. Uh, the word I always use to describe it is like puzzle solving versus uh like falling block puzzle games. So they're like puzzle solving games, yeah. and then there are puzzle like games where they're just generally competitive and the goal is to like keep going. It's not like solving a puzzle; it's like putting pieces together. Yeah, every every frame of puzzle. Every. <laughs> um, <laughs> the joke uh, that accidentally was way better than it was supposed to be. Um, but yeah, so so I'm I'm really into the puzzle solving. Uh, elements of any video game or, or puzzle-solving games, as as you describe it, whereas you're a lot less into that and a lot more into falling block puzzle games. Well, I think uh, it can which be I good. Find really interesting. I think that uh, puzzle-solving games can be really, really fun. There are a bunch of that, like especially when they're like smaller, uh, more condensed, and you just get like a neat little idea, and you kind of learn the mechanics of that yeah. idea, and then you're done. Uh, I don't like uh, Portal as much, just because what I see in Portal is like this amazing open-world game that got shoved in a box. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, and I'm sure somebody has decided they're going to make an open-world game based around the portal physics. 
Yeah, well, because, um, like, imagine if you could just explore this huge city environment where you can, like, shoot a portal and then shoot another portal and then be wherever you want. Like, that'd be super fun. You could even have, like, a cool, like, sniper rifle portal gun that you get later in the game, and then, like, you know, yeah. you can go even further and you can be even more particular and you can find secrets and stuff. That'd be super fun. But what I see in, like, Portal and Portal 2, to a lesser extent, Portal 2, I think Portal 2 does a better job, but they're these, like, flavor pieces that just happen to have a kind of cool mechanic where you get to... It feels like a tutorial, basically. The whole game is a tutorial where it's, like, teaching you how to use the gun to get places. But then when you finally get yeah. there, there's nothing there. There's just, like, a boss at the end. That's it. Yeah. And I think Portal 2 does a better job of offering you flavor. But that's not really what we're here to talk about, I guess. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I have a response to that, but it's not really relevant. Uh, I just wanted to say quick shameless plug for a game that uh, I didn't make. I don't know anybody who made it. I just really like it, so I just want to plug it. It's a puzzle game called Snakebird. Uh, oh, I was looking a, at that. Yeah. So it's a very good, way harder, or maybe I'm just really dumb, uh, puzzle game than I thought it was going to be. Uh, a game where basically you are playing Snake, but uh, instead of moving automatically, it's at your own pace. Uh, and it's in these very closed space uh, environments, and there's actually gravity. So if one of your segments is not touching the ground, then the hall, like you will fall completely. And so that is both an obstacle and a tool that you have to use to get through puzzles where sometimes you're too short to get through the puzzle and so you have to eat all the all the food and sometimes you're too long to get through a puzzle and so you have to decide not to eat that food until uh later and so it's it's very interesting uh and that's exactly the type of puzzle game that i'm really into yeah anyway uh pitch over maybe i should <laughs> learn how to be passionate about the games that i make when pitching them i'm looking at Snakebird right now and just remembering why i added it to my steam wishlist it's also very pretty. Yeah, it's a great like, looking it's a, game. It's a cute game. But, uh, yeah, so falling block puzzle games, I love them. Solving puzzle games, puzzle solving games. Do, did Sonic have puzzle solving games? Is Labyrinth that? Uh, I think that's what Labyrinth is, but I kind of have only seen a gif of that game. Yeah, like, well, four years ago. I'm so interested to play it. Who really knows? But, uh,. I think we're I think we're pretty much done with our coverage of Meme yeah. Machine. So thumbs up, everybody. It. Thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs everybody. Up. Thumbs up. Obviously for this and for Sonic Eraser. Uh, no question. No. Thumbs down at Sonic Eraser. I, I'm going to punch <laughs> yeah. like I'm going to slam my fist into the ground for Sonic Eraser. With, but he's get, but thumb, he's, like, he's going to like directly. He's going to punch it like Sonic punches in Sonic Eraser. Yeah, I'm going to oh, punch geez. Sonic Eraser in the chest after I get question mark All amount right. of chance. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a. It's not. I, I hesitate to call it a bad game. It's not because... super. Well, okay. So here's the thing. I also forgot to mention that it's just a crappy version of Sonic, and like Super Puzzle Fighter, the Capcom game. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, punch the crappiest in, but, like, version. It's of... inconsequential. It's I guess. The crappiest I version of Puzzle Fighter. I okay. So here's the thing. I don't think that the game is unfun, but I think that it is bad because literally all it is is like a falling block engine. And those are always kind of fun. Like if they're made in yeah. any like in any way that makes sense, like they have physics, it'll be fun. So I'm not gonna like give them that because it's like a joke to make a fun falling block puzzle game. And I think that the mechanics they did put in there, while like yes, you can learn them, they aren't like they aren't innately intuitive or fun to learn. So even if you can get good at it and that feels rewarding, I don't think that's on the game. I think it's a bad game. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, you guys want to talk about Twitter? 
Twitter uh, is an addictive substance that must be stopped at all costs. Yeah, so you can find me at twitter.com slash Isaiah Games. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. Uh, I tweet uh, mostly bad jokes, and sometimes I tweet about game development. You can also follow the podcast at nospin-zone. That'll be in the description. Uh, we also have an email that is nospin-zone at gmail, so you can let us know if uh, there's something important you wanted to say. It, yeah, send us your hate mail. Did I make that joke last time? Yeah, well, I don't know if you made it last time, but you made it during the last uh, video that I edited. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I I made that joke at some point uh, throughout the amount of episodes we've been doing. I'm excited uh, about I hate normally mail, ask, personally. I normally ask a question. I want responses from people, but I don't really have any questions this week. Uh, what Sonic uh, game do you have so much blind, unfettered nostalgia for that you would just never let anybody tell you that it's bad? Now, you said Sonic If it's Sonic, Sonic game, Adventure 2, the then answer, you win. The answer is all Sonic games, I think. <laughs> I think that's just... Okay, here's here's a question. What game did you play that doesn't get a lot of attention, but has a special place in your heart? Because I think that's this game for us. Uh, it's, it's a few games for me, but including this game. I think that lately Puyo has been getting more attention, and Mean Beam Machine, I, to true. me, is not the... Like, I think that this is a very, very, very good version of Puyo to play if it's, like, your first one or whatever, but I don't think that, like, what yeah. I like about this game has much to do with Sonic as much as it has to do with just the fun of playing this particular puzzle game with my friends. Oh, yeah. Also, additional question. Would you rather play Sonic Eraser or get Red Boys Dead Boys? I'd rather I would rather lose in Puyo every day than ever have to try and play Sonic uh, Eraser. Which, by the way, I was losing when I played against Isaiah mostly. So I feel like you're asking if I want to lose in one game or the other. <laughs> also, additional question: uh, Will you go to prom with me? <laughs> All right. See you guys next oh, week. Bye. 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 <laughs>